welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We are your hosts, Deja and Saskia. On today's podcast, we're excited to welcome Christian from PreCycle. Before we get into what PreCycle is, will you tell us a bit about your personal background and how you started this? Sure. Well, first of all, hello, everyone. Um, my name is Christian from uh, PreCycle. And I have a bit of a wild background, actually. So it's a pretty non-linear uh, CV. Uh, I started out as a craftsman and um, from there became an industrial designer. Um, ran three companies after my studies. And well, actually, this pre-cycle is, is the third. So how did you um, start pre-cycle? Where did this idea come from? What sort of inspired you? So pre-cycle was started in 2020 and is the result of a research phase. So in my last company, which was a industrial design studio, I was approached by a client with a request to design and also obviously production of um, food containers. And they had millions of pieces in mind. And I asked myself what the consequences of this job actually would be and how much impact, like negative environmental impact we would generate if we participate in the production of millions of plastic uh, food containers. And so I started to research about the plastic problem and the deeper I dug, the crazier it got. And yeah, I understood the whole magnitude of of the problem that we have. Um, And at some point I realized that as a designer, I'm equipped with a range of uh, problem solving skills that are usually applied for ergonomic problems or whatever designers are faced with. But I realized that those problem solving skills can also be applied to structural problems in our world, such as environmental and social problems. And that was pretty much the the birth hour of of PreCycle. In my eyes, PreCycle is a tool to change and improve the plastic system from the current status quo. And what it does is it um, transfers the mechanics of uh, carbon credits into the plastic sector using something like plastic credits. So whenever um, plastic emissions are being caused, they can be offset and compensated with uh, through us, actually, through PreCycle. And what we do is we collect and recycle plastic waste um, equivalent to those emissions and make sure that the plastic waste gets returned into the cycle and into a circular economy. Mm. And one thing that's interesting is that with the system, we can generate a whole lot of uh, secondary effects along the way, and we call that a, a triple impact. So obviously, plastic waste gets collected, so we have an environmental impact. But also, if you use recycled plastic instead of um, raw material, up to 70% of carbon emissions can be saved. So there's also a climate uh, impact that is um, in the mix. And then, of course, in the plastic system today, we see a lot of forced labor and horrible work conditions and child labor as well. And what our system does is 
it goes in and um, sets social standards in the end. Um, so whoever participates in the um, actual offsetting process, so in the collection and uh, recycling of plastic waste, has to stick to certain um, social standards as well. So no child labor, no forced labor, instead um, fair living wages, for example. So we fight poverty. And then the last of the triple impact is, is uh, the economical sector, probably, where when we look at which areas are affected the most by plastic waste, it's the least developed, usually the ones that don't have any in infrastructure. And what we aim to do is to go into those places and create or boost um, waste management infrastructure and employment also. And that, of course, has economical effects in those regions. Great. Thank you so much for that detailed overview of um, what you do. And I guess what I wanted to ask is what message are you trying to send? Because you did mention that a lot of the work that you do is in less developed countries, if I'm understanding correctly. So with that in mind, I'm just curious to know essentially who your target audience is and what are you trying to tell them? Mm -hmm. So the main message is that it's not only necessary to act now, but it's actually also possible to act. Um, the plastic problem is something that we only see the literal tip of the iceberg at the moment. Um, it will drastically increase in the future as um, plastic production rates are projected to grow exponentially. And therefore, also the waste amount is going to grow exponentially. And we simply don't have time to wait for better laws or new materials or more circular processes like container deposit schemes, return um, system and so, systems, and so on and so forth. It's the need of the hour to start working on the status quo. And this is exactly what we do. So target audience, who's our target audience? We think the beauty is that with our systems, we can actually unite individuals and corporates to fight against the plastic crisis together. So what we see at the moment is those two parties pointing fingers at each other. Corporates saying, well, consumers are buying this this uh, all the plastic and they demand cheap products, affordable products. Um, and individuals say, well, very often we don't have a choice. We have to buy the plastic stuff because there's simply no alternative on the market. And this finger pointing will not get us anywhere. And what we do is kind of turn the page and say, hey, how, how about instead these two major stakeholders in, in the whole plastic system join forces and tackle the problem together. And one thing that we do, for example, to make that a bit more tangible is um, to develop a well software solution in the end that uh, gets implemented into e-commerce stores where when a customer buys plastic products or products that come packaged in plastic, he or she can dedicate a small amount towards plastic action. So as you said, you aim to target both corporate and individuals. Who would you say sits within the individuals and 
where are your where's your, where are you located and aim to operate within the individual group of course we at the moment look at the um, sustainability bubble so people that are aware of the plastic problem in the first place and that also feel the pain but also see that oftentimes it's it's uh, without an alternative and you have to buy plastic i mean realistically we can't get rid of plastic completely when we think of medicine for example or electronics um, plastic often is, is uh, the best choice as a material and yet we know all the consequences that it has and the people that we currently talk to are aware of the problem and are kind of trapped in that dilemma of knowing that plastic consumption is problematic and at the same time having to consume it anyway and what we offer them at least is at least something to do that improves the status quo right so that says okay at least we know that the same amount of plastic that we consume now because there's no other choice um, gets collected and um, also processed under fair work conditions and whereabouts do you operate? Obviously, you said before we start recording that you're in Berlin. Are your projects also in Berlin or do you have a focus elsewhere? Mm. No, Berlin is uh, the company HQ, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and our impact partners are mainly located in the global south and more specifically in Southeast Asia, um, because that's where we see the problem in the most dramatic fashion at the moment. And also, you mentioned that, you know, for people in the sustainability space, you provide them with an option to essentially, uh, you know, understand that, yes, they're using plastics, but equally that the amount of plastic that they're using is then being collected. How do they track that? Do you have an app that they can see that this is happening? And essentially, how um, can they know that that is genuinely the case? Mm -hmm. So this is where technology comes in. And this is also where um, plastic uh, credits have a big um, advantage over carbon credits because plastic is a tangible material, right? You can, you can touch it, you can put it on a weight bridge, you can generate a paper trail over across the value chain. And that paper trail, again, can be tracked digitally. Um, so what we do is we register the piece of plastic trash that gets picked up with a um, geological uh, coordinates and then track it from the first aggregator um, where it gets put on a weight bridge to the um, to the station where it gets um, separated for example where it gets sorted uh, to the washing and to the recycler in the end if it reaches the recycler right and in case of uh, multi-layer plastics for example which aren't uh, commercially recyclable at this point um, the end destination would, for example, be a uh, cement kiln or a um, uh, road construction site, for example, so as a, a replacement of um, bitumen and asphalt. Um, and that gets tracked through a um, blockchain application in the end. And the beauty of it is that, of course, you can track the, the, um, the journey of the plastic waste, if you will, but also in the other direction, you can track the journey of the money and you can directly say, okay, some X 
from customer, well, let's, let's pick an example customer, um, went to the benefit of waste worker uh, Y in India, for example. So that is very transparently, um, uh, yeah, to, to show for us. And you said you started in mid 2020, which mm. is obviously just when the pandemic started. So not necessarily the best time to open up a business. How have you found it? Have you been successful? Have you found the pandemic has hindered some growth? I would say quite the contrary, actually. Mm. Um, it generated a lot of focus for us, right? Because there was literally nothing else to do. Um, so we could hide uh, in our office um, or in our home offices and meet digitally uh, for 10, 12, 14 hours a day and um, develop our uh, business idea in the end. And um, yeah, I mean, there's, there, I think some, some aspects are more difficult. For example, um, visiting partner projects, impact partners in, in Southeast Asia, for example, that of course, with the travel restrictions was impossible. Um, but everyone goes with the times and, and we had very successful uh, digital meetings with them as well. In terms of successes, I would say, yeah, we, we ran a successful pilot in the German e-commerce uh, sector in Q1 this year, and we're very happy with the results. And um, we also managed to secure a government grant for our product uh, project. So that makes us very happy because it keeps us going for a while. And in addition, we were also able to secure a, a business angel financing round. Um, and it's just great to see that kind of support and belief from, from people who weren't there from the start, but who believe in this idea and want to make it possible and uh, think that this is actually a, uh, yeah, a project worth supporting and worth pushing. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great, especially, you know, the government grant and the age and the age round, because those are obviously, I presume are very competitive. I also just wanted to ask you further about, um, you know, the businesses that you decide to partner with in Southeast Asia. So you did mention like the triple impact that you're focusing on. And I guess, is that something in mind when you chose the businesses to partner with? Or um, how did you just, you know, come across them and decide that these are the ones that um, I trust and are the ones for us? Mm -hmm. In the long run, we want to start local businesses from from zero, essentially, um, in places that really require um, the building of waste management infrastructure. Right now, we tie up with players that are already in the market and that already position themselves not as the sharks of the business, right? Waste management is always attached to, um, well, all sorts of shady people. <laughs> Um, but as socially and environmentally aware. And um, we see that those businesses obviously struggle because they, they fight an uphill battle against um, people with a lesser um, build out conscience, to put it like that. And we essentially want to support them in, in scaling the operations and in, in, um, employing more people in enhancing the capacities so that they can process more waste per month and so on and so forth. Um, so that happens 
through research in the first stage, which players are out there that already understood that waste management has a connection to environmental impact and to social impact. Um, and then, of course, a second factor that comes in is a certification process. So to make sure that these companies actually do as they claim, um, they get audited on a regular basis and certified under the, for example, the plastic waste reduction standard, which has been published beginning this year by Vera. Uh, Vera is also the biggest uh, carbon certifier, so they're pretty experienced in, in uh, standardization. And um, yeah, essentially the, the companies, of course, they, they, they have to prove that they do as they say, and a, a standard is, is a very good way to, to ensure that. And then, of course, on a technological level, for example, the blockchain application is something that also ensures trust uh, and trustworthiness um, within amongst the, the impact partners. So moving on from that, how do you ensure sustainability within your own business model? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're a fully digital business and of course um, carbon footprint is always an issue. So we look at how can we design our product in a way that the code is very lean and very energy efficient in the end. Um, and of course, hosting it on green servers is uh, something that we try to do as much as possible and um, using low energy consumption in general. is uh, And that's of course, when we talk about blockchain on the one hand and low energy consumption on the other hand, these two things don't really work well together. But of course, um, we don't have to go for a uh, emission heavy Bitcoin, essentially, um, there are more environmentally friendly uh, blockchains out there as well. Um, so reducing our uh, footprint, of course, is, is something we have in mind and we have like oh, is uh, in our focus as well. Um, but another thing that I would like to point out is that uh, our business model is inherently tied to environmental and social impact. So the better the company does financially, the more impact it automatically generates. Um, and therefore, it's kind of a hack actually of um, capitalism as a system maybe, where we can say that impact is not a nice to have side effect, but it's actually it's tied to the financial success of the business. And with more success, there comes more impact. And um, that's, that's something that we're quite, quite happy and, and, and proud about. And I guess to round us off, um, what are your future plans and ambitions? And where do you see PreCycle in five to 10 years time? <laughs> Big question. Nice. Um, so I'll have to be a bit careful here not to give away too much because this is like a very, very young market. And of course there's competition is always out there. And um, yeah, but I think as a, as a hint, I can say, let's have a look at the carbon market and see how, how the carbon compensation market developed over time. And especially over the last two or three years, 
and there are the carbon market is pretty much the the bigger brother of of uh, the, the plastic compensation market if you will and um, i think there are a couple of developments foreseeable for the plastic sector that um yeah of course we want to be part of and um what we hope to do is recover and recycle as much plastic waste as possible in those five to ten years um and the more the better essentially thank you so much Kristen, for joining us today it's been an absolute pleasure and for all the listeners we will link up pre-cycles um socials in the description of this podcast and also on our social media so do make sure to check them out and support the cause so thank you so much thanks for having me it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to this podcast if you enjoyed it please check out others and follow us on instagram and linkedin for more